Thank you so much to our long time sponsor on this podcast of Anchor. So Anchor is actually how I make this podcast. I wouldn't even have this podcast if it wasn't for the free tool that is the platform Anchor. So as I said, it is completely free. Anybody can make a podcast from your house, from your phone, from your computer. Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's basically everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it actually is, you guys, I stan Anchor so hard. You can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started with recording your own podcast. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to Unfiltered with me, Lindsay Hughes. Today, we are doing an episode that has been requested a lot recently, and I always get questions about this. And so I really hope that this episode today will be helpful to you guys, and that is we are going to be talking about everything having to do with moving, okay? I feel like this is a really relevant topic to life in your 20s, which I feel like most of us are that listen to this podcast. There's definitely some younger, some older, but I feel like a lot of us can just kind of relate to, but I feel like in your 20s, you just, you move a lot or you move out on your own for the first time or you're moving maybe to a new city or a new state or you're going off to college or after college, you're figuring out where do I want to live? So I am going to talk about all of that today. Basically, we're going to dive into how to move out on your own and moving to a new city. You guys asked several, several questions, things you wanted me to touch on as far as making new friends in a new city. Also, we're going to touch on things like living with a good friend and living with a partner and how to kind of like go about that and divide up responsibilities and chores and how to go about conflict when you live with a person. That is what we're going to be talking about today, but kind of before we get into that, just a little casual catch up. Welcome back to the podcast. It is already freaking episode 13 and I was just thinking about that. I'm like, damn, that's like over three months of episodes so far. And I mean, I guess it's not that many, but I feel like, whoa, like when did I get to 13 episodes? I don't know, but um, it is a Wednesday right now. It is actually the hottest day we've had in Boise the entire year. So I'm actually like happy that I'm inside right now, even though I was planning and doing the outline for the episode on my balcony and my little chair. I've been going out there like every day to do some work or emails or whatever it is, but it's like 90 degrees, which is actually like very, very insanely warm for this time of year. Anyway, that's not um, that important or exciting to be honest, but it is happening. I'm feeling really good today. I'm feeling caffeinated. I just had a double espresso oat milk latte that's been kind of my go-to lately I kind of show like the coffee I drink in my vlogs but basically like I have an espresso machine and I either make a single or a double espresso depending on like what level of caffeination I'm trying to trying to feel (laughs) but I've been making like a double and then usually I like just add 
oat milk and a little bit of simple syrup lately, which is basically just like sugar and water. You guys probably know what simple syrup is. And I kind of just like put it over ice and make a nice freaking oat milk latte. So um, I'm feeling her hit right now. She is hitting. <laughs> Ooh, that should be hitting different. <laughs> if you know what that is from, you really know me. Okay, guys, but before we get into our weekly catch-up and our bops and flops of the week, let's shout out our reviewer of the week, and that is, I don't know your name, but your username says ParkLanes1. So ParkLanes1, you know... You are an absolute legend and you are the reviewer of the week. So I love this review. It was short, sweet, to the point, And it says, perfect for long walks. I've been loving listening to episodes of Unfiltered during long walks. I like that some episodes are longer slash shorter than others and I can break them up into two walks. Fun topics and energy. Keep them coming. So we love that. It was the perfect short little review. And I really am vibing with this review because I've been doing a lot of nice little walks lately. It's been so beautiful out now that spring is like really officially hit. So, you know, I've been escaping my house to go walk, um, you know, on the green belt, which is kind of just our little like bike and walking pathway that goes through the city here in Boise. And that's kind of, I feel like what everyone's been doing to just like escape a little bit. Like there's been a lot of bike riders and everything like that. So, um, it's nice cause I don't have to like talk to anyone when I do that, but I can just go out and like, I can still see other people and like still feel kind of, you know, the, the community and all that jazz. So, oh, but what I was saying was, um, yeah, I listen to either, either music or a podcast whenever I do that. So I like that this review said perfect for long walks. It's cute picturing you guys listening to this like on a little nature walk. So as for my week, a little weekly catch up with me. I hope you guys like this part of the intros. If you ever feel like you don't care about this part and you just like skip through it every week, definitely let me know. But I try to keep them like short and sweet. I just feel like getting directly into the episode is kind of a little bit aggressive (laughs) I guess not aggressive but it just seems like oh just like hey welcome back all right let's get into the topic like I feel like I like to do the little catch up and just chat with you guys at the beginning and then we can go and like focus on a certain topic but I am always open to hearing you guys' feedback so you know if you like the weekly catch-ups or if you don't um as well as the bops and flops if you ever feel like that's repetitive and you just like skip through that I would love to actually hear any feedback like that because I really do want to make the podcast like the best I can for you guys listening. So anyway, I'm still going to do my weekly catch up. (laughs) The number one thing, which I already kind of talked about was that I've really been enjoying time outside, whether it's just like literally going to the park and like sitting with Squirtle um, and like watching the sunset and just kind of distancing myself in that way or, but still like being outside. It's great to be able to do that. Like the parks, have been fantastic and then also like I said just like walking with Squirtle and honestly other than that I've really been enjoying like going on drives and listening to music that's something that I feel like is so it's always been something that has kept me kind of sane and it's like an instant mood booster for me but yeah even just going out driving listening to some tunes I recently found the best throwback playlist on Spotify And I think it's one that like someone for Spotify made for Spotify. Anyway, it's called 
2008 hits. Okay. So like if you guys are like me and you share this like big nostalgia, nostalgia for (laughs) throwback music from like the early 2000s, that is just like actually my favorite type of music. If I'm trying to like get, um, you know, all nostalgic, something about me and like throwback music, like music that I literally, that literally came out when I was, you know, like 13, 14, 15 years old. Like it just makes me so happy to just like relive all those songs. So this playlist is insane. It's so long and detailed and it has all the bops. It actually has a bunch of songs that I haven't even like heard, but all the ones that you want to hear when you listen to like good throwback early 2000s music. So definitely go and check out that playlist if you guys have Spotify and you're into, you know, like T-Pain and fucking Neo and all those. There's literally everyone on there. I mean, Taylor Swift is on there. Katy Perry is on there. I mean, there's no one genre. But uh, I've really been enjoying listening to that. And then also, just like I've been doing a little bit better the past week at my time management as far as work and kind of like trying to stay on top of my schedule for videos and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like that's been good for me because when I don't, and when I'm not on top of that, I just feel very, very stressed out and I really let myself like get super, you know, in my head and stressed. So I do feel like I've been doing nice at my time management. I guess that could kind of be a bop for this week, but, um, yeah. And then also concert live streams, or I guess not concert live streams, but like, um, musical performance live streams. There was, if you guys watched my most recent vlog, there was a whole entire freaking online music festival this past weekend on YouTube, like free to watch. They were taking donations, um, for COVID and I donated and I think they raised like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, which was incredible. Every weekend for the past three, I think three or four weekends, there's been live streams of some of my favorite artists and DJs. And I'm just so grateful that people are putting this on, whether it's like on Twitch or on YouTube. I'm just really grateful to have that because it's just feeling I feel like my community is still together and it allows me to like text with my friends and talk to my friends and we get excited about like an artist that's performing that night. And obviously we're all kind of like watching it from the comfort of our own homes or apartments, but we can, you know, talk about it and like get excited about it together and literally listen to like the same songs at the same time. Um, so it does feel very interactive and it does also feel like that sense of community at this time. So I've really been enjoying that. I know that there's going to be probably some more of those as, you know, the weeks and months go on. And I just really appreciate it, especially with, you know, obviously not being able, nobody having any like concerts or festivals at this time. It just is itching, itching the scratch. Is that, (laughs) is that the expression? It's itching the scratch a little bit of me for live music. And I love it because I don't have to stand up. I can just freaking lie on my couch, drink a glass of wine and be listening to some good ass tunes. <laughs> okay. And just before we get into the episode, I just wanted to say thank you so much to all of you guys who follow the unfiltered with Lindsay Hughes Instagram page because you guys are the ones that submitted questions and also got to actually like pick this week's topic because whenever I don't know what I want to talk about I'll go on the story on there and like ask you guys like do you want to hear this do you want to hear this you guys can vote in a poll or I'll just be like 
what do you want to hear? So thank you to all of you guys that follow the account and have also submitted your requests and your questions for this week. We got so many, this is going to be a very interactive episode. So shout out to you guys. If you guys don't follow the podcast Instagram, it would be so appreciated and definitely keep you very updated on when new episodes come out. If you guys want to follow our little community, it would mean a lot to me and I'm definitely trying to be interactive with you guys on there. So that is always linked in the show notes of our episodes and the handle is just at unfiltered with Lindsay Hughes. I know it's kind of long. I'm going to hopefully be able to get like a shorter (laughs) handle in the future, but that's what it is for now. All right. All right. It's time to get into our bops and flops of the week. Okay. Let's start with flops. I honestly only have a couple. I don't feel like anything really too tragic has happened this past week (laughs) or like that big of flops, which is good. That's always good. My first one is just like, and Cameron and I touched on this so much in our episode last week. If you guys missed that, I think it was such a great episode. So insightful. We talked about mindfulness, spirituality, anxiety, mental health, just like so many things in that realm of kind of like your mind and your thoughts. So, um, we did touch on this, but one of my flops that I've still been kind of struggling with this past week is just like overthinking and I've been, I've been catching myself doing it, um, a lot the past few days. And obviously like, that's just something that I do. I can't really like turn it off, but I've kind of just been like overthinking fucking everything and like sending myself into these little spirals. And I don't know, I just feel like it's not a productive use of my, my thoughts. Um, but you know, it's also one of those things that, I've accepted that I'm just an overthinker. So, you know, it's not that big of a flop. It's just kind of like, I have definitely been noticing that I've been doing that this week. And then my other flop is my horrific sleeping schedule. Once again, this has definitely been a flop for me in weeks past. And then I kind of got it on, kind of got it under control a little bit again, but now like I don't know why. I think it's whenever I start playing The Sims on my laptop late at night and then I'll just like be on there till like two, three, four in the morning and it's just appalling. Like why do I need to play with my Sims until four in the morning? I don't. (laughs) So I need to have more self-control with um, getting to bed at a decent hour and definitely, I don't know, last night like I tried to do that better but I feel like it's weird even sometimes when I'm like getting into bed and I am super super tired and I'm like okay I'm gonna go upstairs it's you know it's late but it's not like that late and then I'll like get into bed and then I have trouble falling asleep so um I don't know last night I smoked one of my CBD joints like when I was in bed like right before I went to sleep which I don't usually do it like directly literally like that close before sleeping but I found that that definitely helped but at the same time I do still feel like it took me a little while to actually fall asleep. So I don't know, I guess that just kind of goes along with overthinking. Like I'll start just thinking about relationships and friendships and, you know, problems and money. I definitely always overthink about money when I'm like about to fall asleep. And I'm just like, why do these thoughts come up right fucking before bed, man? And I just thought about this. It's kind of unrelated, but I've been having so many dreams and I feel like they've been weird. They haven't been that good. I always have dreams about like taking tests and having bad grades in school. And they typically relate to like high school. They're typically high school and not college. And I don't know why. Like I had it. I always wake up fucking 
sweating because I'll have a dream that I like did really bad on a test or I was really like late or I failed a class. And it's like, why do I have these fucking dreams so much? Like I haven't even been in school in five years, like five years ago, I graduated college. So (laughs) I don't know. There must be some little secret meaning or something, or maybe that's just like what my brain goes to. Cause I definitely have a lot of weird dreams about school. Anyway, uh, that kind of went off on a tangent. (laughs) I'm done with my flops. So now let's change, change pace. Let's talk about our bops, baby. I just noticed that the first one I already talked about. So it was just saying that I've been enjoying the live streams from musical artists. My next bop is spring outfits. Basically what I do, I don't know if other people do this, but when the seasons start changing, I, I like bring out my shorts and tank tops and those like really summery pieces that I would just never wear in the winter. And I like usually have them in storage in like another closet or somewhere in the house and I'll like bring them out and then I'll start hanging them up and put them in my closet. And then I'll take like, you know, sweaters and giant jackets and put those far away in another closet or whatever. I'll just kind of like switch those out. And yeah, I don't know if other people do that too, but I definitely did that this past weekend. And I'm just so happy to finally be not wearing fucking jackets and have it be all windy and shit. Like I swear it took so long for it to get like nicer this year. And now I'm like, yes, like I can wear my cute. Nothing makes me happier than just being able to go in my closet and just like put on a dress and go out the door. Like you don't even have to fucking put an outfit together either. Like literally is nothing better to me than like putting on a sundress and just fucking walking out the door. So that has like been a bop. I'm trying to share my outfits a little bit more on my Instagram story because I kind of like stopped doing that for a while. So hopefully you guys like seeing that stuff because um, I don't know. I love, a good, I love a good fit pick, like a mirror fit pick. And then my last bop is that I'm just feeling overall, especially this past week, especially the past few days, I'm feeling really confident and happy and like loved and um, appreciated. And I just feel like I have good people in my life right now. I have like some new people in my life, some new friends and people besides friends. And I just feel like really happy and fulfilled. I think for a really long time, I was not in, this might sound silly how I'm going to explain it, but like, I don't think I was in the mindset or allowing the energy of new people at all into my life for quite some time. And I was like, you know what? I'm content with all the friends that I have. I don't need any, I don't need to talk to anybody new. I don't need any new perspectives. Not like I was I guess that sounds really intense. I'm not trying to say that I was like, I don't ever want to like make a new friend, but I feel like this year and especially the past few months, I really have like made that effort and I have met new people and I feel very good about it. Like you need that like stimulation in your life to people that are into different things than you and have conversations with those people. And I just feel like I'm very glad that I'm finally like allowing that again, but I'm just overall feeling like grateful, confident, and happy. And that is definitely a big bop. Okay. All right, you guys, that is all for the bops and flops of this week. And that's kind of all for the intro to this episode. So without further ado, I feel like we should just get into the topic because there are so many excellent questions and topics to talk about. I hope this will be like kind of 
fun to talk about and helpful. So let's just get into it. Um, the way I kind of wanted to like structure it a little bit was first, I kind of wanted to just like go over my top tips for how to move out and afford to move out and like save up money and have money when you move out. Like that's the first thing I think I want to talk about because I feel like overall, like if we just get that out of the way, then we can kind of dive into, you know, more questions and living with roommates, living with partners, living in new cities, how to make friends and answer you guys' questions that you had um, in specific. So I also did want to mention, um, I have a video on my YouTube channel that you guys might've seen. It's from... I guess it's from like a year and a half ago, but it is actually called like how to move out on your own and actually have money. I believe that's what it's called. And it's one of like my girl boss guide videos. It's actually a 30 minute video. I, I found it like before making this episode because I was like, I want to make sure I, you know, hit kind of some of the bigger points that I hit in that video, but I was very detailed in that video. It really goes into kind of like finances for moving out and budgeting and, um, touring places and all that kind of stuff. And also like I talk about like living at home and like saving up when you're living at home. So if you do want like a 30 minute, you know, like guide that you can kind of come back to and bookmark, definitely go check out that video on my channel, but I will still go over like the top tips that I hit in that video, just cause obviously you guys don't need to like go watch that and listen to this podcast if you don't want to. But I did just want to like shout that out just in case anyone hasn't seen it that is listening that could benefit from it. Okay. But I want to start from this point of like having this question, how do I move out? Like, where do I begin? So what I would do is I would create like an online document. You can definitely do it like on paper if that works better for you, but I would create some sort of like a document that basically is essentially like a moving out plan. But it's basically just a document for you to have like different links and different like money amounts and budgeting and savings for your future place that you live in all that kind of stuff, just like information on one file. I feel like for me, like, I don't know if it's just cause I'm very you know, organized in that way. I love creating like these Google drive documents. Um, I do it for every one of the episodes of the podcast. Like I'm staring at my episode 13 outline right now, but I definitely think it's a great place to start also because if you have this like moving out plan, I think it will hold you accountable. You can even start your moving out plan with like, when do I hopefully like want to move out? And maybe you can put in, you know, a goal month or a goal date that you would hopefully like to be moved out by now. Obviously, you know, keep this realistic if you're going to do this, but other things that you could put on this is like how much money you're going to need to save and researching different rent prices in the area you want to live in. Like, I feel like all that stuff, you know, you definitely need to write that down because if you just like look it up and have it in your brain, that's definitely different than like writing it down and physically like seeing, okay, these are the amounts that I'm going to be needing to pay if I really do want to like afford to live on my own comfortably. And I think that's really important because you don't want to get yourself into a situation where you think you can afford something. And then, you know, two or three months into your lease, you're like, I ran out of money. You know what I mean? Because that's not going to be good. I think it's more of just like preparation more than anything. Anyway, so create your little moving out plan, however you do it. One of the first and biggest things that I would start off with on your kind of like moving plan or one of the first steps for moving out is to research rent prices in the area that you want to hopefully live in. So you have to get clear about that. First of all, you have to kind of figure out, you know, you don't have to decide like exactly what neighborhood of the city you want to live in unless you like totally know. But, you know, I would say like get kind of clear about like an area that you 
are going to hopefully want to move to. I mean, that's like a step in itself. And I would like to kind of also say, I really realized and people have been you know, telling me this lately. And I've also kind of realized there is no perfect place to move. You know what I mean? Especially if you're kind of like deciding in between places. And that's something that I've kind of had to tell myself recently, because I'm kind of trying to decide like, what's my next step after living in Boise? And I haven't decided yet. So I'm kind of trying to like come back to the fact that Lindsay, there's not one perfect place. You don't have to like decide on this one place. That's like the end all be all, you know, you can obviously try out a place for a year or two years or however long. And if you love it, stay there. If you don't like it, you can always try somewhere else out. So don't feel like there's this, you know, you have to pick like the one perfect place. How I would go about like researching the rent prices where you want to live, which is very important because you need to know how much money you're going to be spending on average every month on rent. So you can account for that in your budget. Um, I would go on, I love the website hot pads. You can also use something like Zillow or even Craigslist. And so just like research, um, the rent average rent prices, just write down a bunch of different ones for places that you like. So if you see an apartment that you're like, Ooh, that's cute. I would live there. And it's, you know, $1,200 a month, write that down. If you see another one that you're like, Ooh, that's might be a little out of my budget, but like, I love it. It's $1,500 write that down. And if you can get super clear about it, like if you're moving to a city and you kind of know what neighborhood or area of the city you would want to live in, make sure you're researching those kinds of rent prices because, you know, somewhere like New York, every neighborhood is going to be so, so different in the costs. So definitely keep that in mind. You know, you're going to want to like have a budget. I would say like have a budget that is your max that you would spend that you would want to spend on rent every month something that's actually affordable for you and um i would try to you know cap it off at a certain high point that would be like the absolute most that you could comfortably afford to pay and i would try to look for places that were under that um i mean it can be hard sometimes to be on a budget and looking um and we'll talk about like roommates and factoring that in as well um Obviously it's different if you're looking and you're going to be splitting that with someone or two people. So kind of get, try to get clear about if you are going to have one roommate, two roommates or whatever it is, or if you're going to be living with your partner or living alone, like definitely try to get clear about that. So you know, you know, how much of that rent price you would be paying. Also, I did want to say that I believe the average amount of your monthly income that should go towards rent. I am pretty sure it's about a fourth of what you make in a month would be kind of like allotted for rent. Now, obviously that's not like a rule. It's more of kind of like a guideline. I definitely know that I spend more than that on my rent, but I have bougie taste and I've always had bougie taste. And I definitely live in a place right now that is more money than I would want to pay, but it's kind of just like something that I allot into my budget. So I don't really necessarily abide by that rule, but it is recommended. So maybe try to keep that in mind. If you've never really like paid rent before it's about, you know, they recommend about a fourth of your monthly income would go towards your rent. Now, besides just rent, cause that is obviously just one cost, one monthly cost, you know, obviously you are going to have to a lot for other costs, such as a security deposit when you move into a new place, as well as you're going to have to buy, you know, like cleaning supplies and 
food. You know, every month you're going to have to buy groceries for yourself. You definitely are going to want to allot some sort of a budget for that. And then um, also, you know, utilities and bills. These are very real things. You're going to have internet to pay. You're going to have a gas bill to pay. You're going to have your power bill to pay. Do I have any other ones? Oh, I have my trash bill. I think I have like four different bills per month. I have my power. I have my internet, my trash slash sewer, and then my gas, which is always the cheapest for me, I guess. Um, so yeah, think about all that stuff too. And what I would actually do is like research, even just a quick Google search, research like an average gas bill in the city you want to live in, research an average internet price. And you can kind of like, you know, look up that stuff on different websites and you can compare different companies, but definitely a lot, a, you know, amount that you're going to be spending on utilities as well every month in addition to your rent because you know you might not think about that and they can fluctuate from month to month but I would say typically you know mine are pretty similar from month to month power changes whether it's whether I'm using like the heat or the AC but I mean it's not that vastly different from month to month so um, make sure you're allotting for all that stuff as well so that is kind of where I would start with your moving out plan is like kind of getting the budget and the finances in order and trying to figure out like on average how much you would need to spend on your rent and your utilities every month and then like kind of factoring that into your income and also you're going to obviously need to have spending money for things that just come up you know you're going to have to buy toilet paper you're going to have to buy cleaning supplies you're going to buy groceries you're going to obviously when you move somewhere for the first time you got to furnish it and all that kind of stuff so it can be really overwhelming but i would say like the biggest thing you can do is just like start saving as soon as you can and really just try to tell yourself you know like you are investing in what you want okay now another thing that i think is always helpful to do goes back to manifesting and visualization if you guys are into that and that is basically writing down in detail what you want your future apartment or home to feel like to look like i think the most important thing is like writing down what it feels like to be there and to have it um you know, because that is something that is so powerful. You could write that down. You could print it out. You could write it on note cards and paste it around your current room or your current place that you live. Really something that can be helpful and also can just kind of like remind you and keep you accountable for your goals um, and just remind you of like what you're working towards. So I think that's something that's always great to do. And, um, you know, you could even do a whole vision board of what you want your place to look like, if that's something that's helpful to you. And you can look at that every single day and really put yourself in the feeling of having it and what it is going to feel like to, to live there and to accomplish that goal for yourself. So I always think that that is a great thing to do. Um, love some good manifesting and visualization, (laughs) but coming back a little bit to your financial plan, we've already kind of talked about that. We've talked about rent and like your, your bill costs, you know, accounting in a monthly grocery budget. If you don't know where to start with that, um, you know, I would say just start keeping track of how much, 
you would need for groceries and then probably add in a little bit more because when you first move out you're gonna need more money than you think because you're gonna have like an empty fridge and empty pantry essentially you're gonna be like starting from nothing and you need those basic things you know like olive oil and condiments and things that you kind of like always have on hand so it's gonna be probably a pretty big grocery shop you know when you first you don't have to get it all at once. You can obviously add things over time, but you know, there are those things that you are going to have to just start off with. And obviously, you know, you're going to need like a trash can and cleaning supplies and toilet paper and hand towels. And you know, like all those little things that you don't really, really necessarily think of and get like excited about, but you kind of need them. You know what I mean? So, you know, make sure you're accounting for those like extra extra supplies when you are thinking about you know your budget for moving out and I would just say you know really just save as much and as long as you can because it's just going to be really really helpful for you um, in the future and you won't be stressing out as much hopefully about you know finances if you just think about this stuff like far far in advance I think that's just like the best thing that you could do and lastly, I kind of didn't mention this, but I was reading some of the comments on that video that I did that I talked to you guys about, and um, I saw a comment or two about the importance of also kind of like having a little bit of like a rainy day slash emergency fund for when things come up that you totally have not planned for. And I think that's also a really big thing when you are, you know, living on your own, like these things really do start to come up, whether maybe it's an issue with your car or maybe like some piece of machinery, machinery, like an electronic that you have, maybe it breaks and it dies or something. And you like, it's very essential for you. So, you know, there are, there are things that come up, annoying things that happen. Like maybe you break or crack or lose your phone and you have not allotted any sort of like emergency fund at all that's when you know things can get a little scary so i'm not saying you know you need to have this like big pot of like extra savings that you can't even touch in addition to already having money saved i would say to just kind of try and keep that in the back of your mind even if it's you know just a little bit of an emergency kind of rainy day fun for things that are totally unexpected expenses that come up because i know i've had a lot of issues with that in the past because you just never know when these things are going to happen and it always does seem to come at a bad time out of the blue so i don't mean this to be like oh my gosh, it's going to be so hard. You need to save so much money. I just mean just something to keep in the back of your mind. All right. I feel like I've just been talking about like money for so long and you know, it's obviously it's a very big part of moving, but you know, it's not the only thing. So after you've kind of like come up with your moving plan and you're getting closer to being able to move somewhere new and all that kind of stuff, like let's talk about, you know, touring places and actually like going and applying to places and seeing them in that whole kind of process which I think is the fun part I think that this is like the most exciting part is like touring new places and getting excited about new places and you know I would encourage you guys if you are moving to you know a new a new place um anywhere new for the first time I would say you know tour as many places as you can even if it's somewhere that you know you kind of like but you're like not positive if you're gonna if you're gonna like it definitely just go and see it because there's you know you can tour places for free and um you can really get to see what a play the neighborhood is like you know you can kind of see the nitty-gritty you know let's be honest the pictures that somebody takes of a place when they're listing it on whether 
whether it's like Craigslist or Zillow or Hotpads or whatever website it is, um, those are always going to be like the most flattering pictures, like the most beautiful pictures of the place. And you really want to make sure you are getting in there, getting in for a tour and seeing like everything. I would encourage you guys to take videos when you go tour places. So, you know, it's not just like a mental take videos, take pictures, you know, so it's not just like a mental thing that you remember, but you actually have like, this is exactly what the bathroom looks like. This is what the closet looks like. And you can kind of, you know, come back to that when you're making your final decision. I would encourage you guys to tour tons of different places because you never know, you know, if you're going to find a new neighborhood that you're like, oh, like this neighborhood's a little bit cheaper and it's actually like really cool and cute. Like who knew I would want to live here unless I came and walked around it and toured it. It's not only, you know, touring a bunch of places, but also like maybe before or after your tour, if you're looking in different neighborhoods of a city, different pockets of a city, walk around that area and see, you know, see what it feels like to actually walk around there and live there. And um, I think that's a really important thing too, if you're kind of just trying to decide like, ooh, where would I be happiest? I mean, I would say even if you are moving like across the country somewhere and you're not sure if you're going to be able to tour a place before you move in and you might just like see pictures or videos or whatever of it. I mean, I would say get in there as much as you can. Try to take a trip, try to take whatever it is and tour a bunch of places at once because I think it really is important to actually feel what it feels like to walk around in the place and the building and everything. As for, I guess, actual the application process, so maybe you've toured a bunch of places and now you're like applying to a place that you really like. You know, it's obviously different from city to city. I know somewhere like New York or maybe even San Francisco, it's going to be a lot more, or not a lot more, but, you know, slightly more competitive to getting into places, especially living somewhere like New York. Um, I don't have any experience with touring places or moving anywhere there, so I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, but I know that is that is a city that a lot of people want to go and move to, so I kind of guess, you know, that's why I'm bringing it up. But just in general, I mean, the application part, I find that, you know, it's usually just kind of the same general stuff. They just ask you about your work, um, your income, where you've lived before. So if you do have, you know, places that you've lived before, they may call those places as like references. They may not. They may. I don't really know if they actually do it. I think it depends on if they want to or not. Um, just depends on the person that's like looking at your application. And then, I mean, there's a lot of things that goes into it. Like I remember when I was getting my first apartment with my roommates that I lived with in LA, I remember um, we definitely had to have our parents kind of like look over that application too. And I don't remember if I had to have a co-signer, but you definitely might have to have one of your parents or guardians co-sign for you on a lease if you haven't gotten a place before just because you don't have like experience um you know renting and they want to make sure that you're going to be able to like pay that monthly amount so it's kind of like having someone be like hey you know this is my daughter and she's you know if she can't pay that amount essentially like if she doesn't then like i'm in charge of that so that's kind of what like having a co-signer means that's just something to keep in mind if you are like newly looking at places and you don't have renting experience you definitely might have to have someone co-sign for you on a lease i mean there's a lot that goes into the paperwork and all that kind of stuff and we don't need to talk about that too much because 
you know, that stuff just kind of comes with renting. But I mean, I would say, you know, if you do want to move somewhere, you can try to negotiate the lease, but typically a lot of the times, like it's going to be one year, um, minimum. And it would be in my experience, it's typically more expensive monthly. If you would ask for, you know, Oh, I only want nine months or six months. I mean, it depends on the landlord. It depends on if you're moving into a big apartment building that just has strict rules about that. Or if you're just dealing with like one landlord that maybe is more flexible with that kind of stuff. And they'd be like, okay, like I'll rent to you for six months. No problem. I definitely would try to negotiate if that's something that is important to you. Like I've definitely in the past, you know, not wanted to sign an entire year long lease, but I think I always have ended up doing it because it ended up being cheaper. Um, and I haven't really, I guess one time I had to get out of my lease early, which was expensive. But I mean, if you aren't sure if you aren't, are going to want to live somewhere for a year, I would definitely try to negotiate on that. Um, but if they, you know, just can't do it and they get, are like, you know, it's 12 months or nothing, then, you know, you just need to evaluate that decision in your head. Like, is this going to be a good decision for me? You need to make yourself aware of what are the penalties if I, you know, end this lease early, you need to definitely make yourself aware of that stuff just in case, you know, it's not something that works out. Okay, guys, I feel like I've been going on for so long and I don't even know. I hope that this isn't like violently boring. So now I want to get into actually answering you guys' specific questions. Um, so first thing I got, it's not even a question, but I got so many just questions and requests to talk about this topic, which is making friends when moving to a new city. I got like an overwhelming amount um, about this topic. And I did want to say, I actually touched on this in episode two of the podcast. I think it's called like an honest talk about friendship or an open talk about friendship. And we actually did talk about that because that has been something that's been really relevant to my life. Um, moving to a city where I literally only knew like two people and, you know, had to like start from scratch friends wise. So definitely go check out episode two. If you want to hear me go more into detail on this topic, because literally we talked all about friendship and like making new friends and all that kind of stuff. But like overall, I would say you kind of just have to immerse yourself. You might have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit, you know? Um, you can honestly, you can use something like a Bumble BFF. That's a great way to like go and actually like, you know, people are on there trying to just meet other friends. And I feel like that's a great way to connect initially. If you're like, I literally don't even know where to start. That's at least a great way to connect with like probably other women in the area that are also interested in meeting other friends. Besides something like that, I mean, you probably, I mean, obviously we are, you know, in quarantine and in a pandemic, but let's pretend that we're not. If we're able to go out and go to bars and go to restaurants and go to workout classes and walk around the city and different coffee shops, different things like that. Um, I mean, that is going to be kind of a time where you just, you just want to be open to new connections and new people. And I'm not saying you need to walk up to someone at the coffee shop and be like, Hey, like, do you want to hang out? I'm just saying, you know, like have that energy about you. That is like, I am interested in talking to new people, meeting new people, and you never know where it's going to lead. 
you never know if like the friendly barista who makes your latte, like you never know if you guys are going to get into a great chat and you know, maybe that can be someone that you end up being friends with. They're like the person that does your hair. Like maybe you'll go make a hair appointment and you'll like really vibe with the queen that does your hair. Like you could go and get a drink with her. I mean, these are just little ideas. Also like going to workout classes and joining little like local things around the community, maybe even talking with your neighbors. Like if you see them in the elevator, you see them, you know, around just like introducing yourself. You never know where these connections could lead. So I'd say like overall, just my top two tips overall, the first one, is to try and get out of your comfort zone a little bit and try to be really open to talking to people, even if you know it doesn't lead anywhere. Just having that energy about you of like wanting to explore new connections, talk with people, I think that is really, really powerful. My number two tip would be be patient and give it time because it doesn't happen instantly and it, it really might take you know a long time of living somewhere to develop those true real friendships. But even, you know, just being patient with it and just saying yes to anything that does come up, whether, you know, you might be in school or maybe a coworker asks you to go hang out and get drinks or something like I would just say yes to any and all opportunities that come up because you never know where they could lead. You never know who could show up. And um, that is, I think, where true friendships really start. So sometimes, <laughs> so um, I would just say, yeah, be open to new things, saying yes to things and um, just be patient with it too. Um, But like I said, we dove into that a little bit more in episode two. So definitely go check that out if you want to hear a little bit more about friendship in your 20s. Okay guys, now I want to start playing some voice messages as well as answering some questions relating to different topics having to do with moving. So the first one kind of opens up a very, very big, important discussion slash question that is kind of like living with roommates and dividing up chores and responsibilities. So let's hear from Brenda. Hey Lindsay, my name is Brenda and I just wanted to to get some advice from you obviously that's why I'm submitting this but um, I know you've had your fair share of roommates and I know a lot of them have been your friends I have a roommate she's also my friend Um, we've been living together for like a year and a half now and everything's going pretty well except for the fact that she is pretty lazy she doesn't clean up after herself um she doesn't do her dishes she doesn't throw the trash out she doesn't clean the bathroom when it's her turn she doesn't do anything she doesn't clean up after her her dog when it poops outside in our little yard and I've tried talking to her about it a few times um and it's just not really coming across to her she just kind of makes up excuses so I just wanted to see if there is any advice for how you would come about this without starting an argument thank you Okay, so this is kind of like the number one, I feel like, uh, issue or problem with living with someone else. Typically, what I hear is the dividing of the household chores and activities, and that always ends up creating generally like the issues. I mean, obviously, you know, there could be other things that go into it, but whether it's living with a friend or a random roommate or a partner, I think it's hard to 
accept that people have completely different ways of living, completely different cleanliness habits. And that is something that I do think if you can talk about that up front and really like lay it out on the table. So when, before you even move in together, like agree to move in with someone, I mean, I think, you know, the most ideal thing to do would be to just have a really open, honest talk about like, Hey, I don't want there to be issues when we do live together. So why don't we just like talk about everything right now? Like what are your cleanliness habits? Like how are we going to keep the common areas clean? What are we actually going to do? And then beyond that, it's not just saying what you're going to do. It's actually doing it. And I think that's the biggest issue is like, you know, they can say, oh yeah, I promise I will do better at keeping the kitchen clean after I make food, like cleaning up after myself or cleaning the bathroom when it's my turn. But it's like, are they actually going to do it? And what do you do if they don't actually do it? So this is like a really, you know, big thing that comes up with whoever you're living with, honestly, because it, you just don't have that same, um, cleanliness style as another person. Everybody's things that drive them nuts are different. So in this particular situation, you know, you got, you said you've been living with your friend for a year and a half and this stuff kind of like keeps happening and you have had a few different conversations about it. What I think honestly you need to do is sit down and have like a really, really like serious conversation about it and just be like, Hey, listen, I know we've talked about this before, but to be completely honest, like I did choose to be your roommate and these things are really important for me. And I think we need to write down what we are actually going to do and stick to it or else like I genuinely cannot continue, you know, being your roommate because this isn't how I want to live. And, and I know it can be really uncomfortable, but I honestly do think if you want anything to change, you have to kind of get serious and push past that barrier of like a little bit of maybe awkwardness, bringing it up. And also you guys, I really think like writing it down and almost like signing some sort of like a roommate contract or a roommate, like thing that you guys are actually, you know, the list of who's going to do what, when it's going to get done. I mean, I think that's definitely a good thing to do because hopefully it will hold some accountability. And honestly, like sometimes you have to get serious with someone if they're really, if they really are, you know, not doing what they say they're going to do, you really do have to be like, you know what? I, I honestly just don't know if I can continue living with you if you're not going to clean up after your dog or clean the bathroom when you say you're going to. And I, you can phrase it as, you know what, I really like love you as a friend. And I know this is like awkward to bring up and talk about, but like personally, just, but personally, this is just something that's like a boundary for me. It's not, it's not okay. And you know, you have to have those awkward conversations sometimes, whether it's with a partner or with a friend that you've lived with. That's how I would go about the situation. I know these situations are all so different and can be so complicated and intertwined when you are living with a friend because you don't want to get that awkwardness where you like don't talk to your roommate and things are weird. So I can't give too crazy much advice on this because I really only have had like roommates for about a year and a half of my life. And I've literally lived alone for almost five years and I am lucky enough to be able to do that and afford that. And, um, you know, I really thrive living alone, but I know that that is not possible for everyone. I also know that some people don't want that. Some people definitely prefer to live with a friend or live with a partner as opposed to living alone. And some people just, um, don't have the means to live alone. So, you know, obviously I don't have tons and tons of advice on this because I haven't had like several roommates. 
But I think that the main thing is sometimes you just have to set aside like, okay, yeah, we are friends, but I can bring things up like this that are serious because if I don't, they're never going to like, they're never going to know. So um, I would just have a serious conversation. Okay. Now let's listen to another voice message that's kind of similar about living with a good friend and setting boundaries and all that kind of stuff. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Um, my name is Paige from British Columbia, Canada. Um, just loving the podcast so far. I just wanted to say that first. Um, I've listened to many of the episodes multiple times. Um, my question for this episode is, I will be moving in with my best friend this month um, due to my partner and I splitting up. So I'll be moving in with my best friend and I am excited, but... I am scared that our relationship is going to suffer living together, and I was just wondering if you had any tips um, so that doesn't happen and we don't ruin any aspect of our friendship by living together. Thank you. Love you. Okay, Paige, thank you so much for your sweet words and your question. Well, first of all, I love that you're like, you know, thinking about this in advance before you guys actually do move in together because I actually feel like this is the perfect, you know, time to start thinking about this stuff seriously before you move in. So I would say, you know, you're moving in with a good friend. You want to make sure the relationship doesn't change too much. Well, I would do, um, and I already mentioned this before, but sitting down and having that like open and honest discussion about how you're going to divide up the house, you know, stuff and the chores and your cleanliness styles. So just like get it out all on the table. Like make sure you have that conversation and don't just jump into it. And then, like I said before, I honestly think you guys should write down like who's going to do what and agree, like write it down. So it's all there. So, you know, like, okay, if she's supposed to take out the trash this week or, clean the bathroom this week or whatever it is, make sure that's written down. And then, you know, it it needs to be like displayed somewhere on the house. I mean, I know that that's a lot of times what like parents do with kids for their chores, but I genuinely just believe so much in the power of like having things written down and like setting these actual boundaries. And also, you know, I think a thing to realize when you are moving in with anyone, whether it's someone like your partner or, um, a friend and a good friend in this situation is you have to realize that some people need a lot more individual space and alone time than others. And, you know, some people like, for example, moving in with a partner, one partner might be the type of person that like they want to hang out in the living room with you all the time. And like, they don't need any alone time and that doesn't make them happy, but you might be the type of partner that's like, no, I have to go off to listen to my freaking music in the shower and have, you know, like an hour or two alone in the bedroom, like sitting by myself reading or doing my thing or whatever it is where you're actually just like spending time alone and away from this, whoever it is, like partner or roommate. So I think it's really important to, like I said, also have an open talk about that upfront and just really put everything out on the table. Just be honest. Just be like, you know what? I really don't want to hurt your feelings when we do end up living together. I want you to know that like I, whatever it is, like if you're like, Hey, I'm going to maybe need some alone time sometimes where I just go off in my room and I might be in there for hours. And I don't want you to think that it means I don't want to be around you. It just means, you know, I am just doing my thing. And I hope that we can, you know, just like understand each other's living styles. And obviously you'll figure that out when you do live together, but just like put everything out on the table and just be like, you know what, if you have, if you have an issue with anything, whether it's housework or 
an issue that comes up or like maybe your roommate having someone over or being loud in their room or something like that. Like make sure you guys come back to like, okay, you can always talk to me about that. Please. Like I want you to be able to open up to me about that. So it doesn't turn into a bigger issue. I would say like, that is going to be the biggest thing. Like don't avoid these things just because they might be uncomfortable and don't wait until it's like a big, big issue. Try to just like talk about it beforehand. And I know obviously you can't prevent what other people are going to do. And certain things are out of your control. So I'm just going to kind of like leave this topic with the fact that, you know, if you do have roommates, whether it is a friend, a random person, or a part, a romantic partner, there are going to be things that you just have to sacrifice um, living with someone else because you're sharing a space, you know, you're ideally probably saving money on rent if you're living with someone else. And that's kind of like the things that come along with having roommates. You have to kind of it's very annoying sometimes. I've heard so many stories of like horrific roommates, but I've also heard so many stories of best friends thriving, living together. So I think that you just kind of have to accept that there are certain things that are going to be out of your control, but just try to be open and honest, not be rude about it, but just be like, you know, serious and stay on top of things. But also you got to kind of accept sometimes that people might just say they're going to do shit and then they just don't fucking do it and it might be frustrating as hell. Now I wanted to kind of go into a little bit deeper of moving in with a partner and living with a partner. I first of all want to say that I can't really talk about this too, too much because I don't want to give advice on something that I don't know about because I have never lived with a partner. I have personally never like really wanted to. Um, I think I'm a very, you guys know, like I thrive living alone and I think it's been very actually difficult for me to have a lot the idea of living with anyone ever again. Um, and I know that sounds literally crazy. I'm sure, you know, at some point I will be able to do it, but it just is something that I don't know. It doesn't, it's has not appealed to me even in my last relationship being like two and a half years. I mean, it was definitely an idea that was on the table, but it was never something that was like super, 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 like we're actually going to do this now. It was kind of always something that was like, yeah, in the future, like in a few months, you know, we're going to try and do that. But I don't know. I always had weird stuff about it. I've always felt Hmm. Ever since, like, like I said, it's been five years since I lived alone and it's, I've just been so comfortable like that. I think it's hard for me to imagine being able to function and live with somebody again, which is weird because I didn't really have a bad experience at all. (laughs) I really enjoyed my time living with my sister and I really enjoyed my time also living with my college roommates. So I don't know why I really feel like that. I guess I've just gotten so used to like being on my own. Um, but I'm not answering the question. What I wanted to say was, yeah, that like, I don't want to go ahead and like give advice on moving in with a partner when I don't know. And I do really think that in the future, I will hopefully have a guest on that can share experience of living with their partner. I actually have like a friend in mind that I think would be so iconic to talk to about this. So I'm going to actually hit her up because I think she'd be, first of all, just so fun and insightful to have on the podcast. And also she could speak on this. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that, but you know, I definitely will touch on it a little bit and I wanted to open it up with this voice message. Hi, my name is Emily and I'm from Sweden. Uh, I have a friend uh, and she's moving in with her boyfriend, uh, but previously she said that she, uh, she's she been thinking about breaking up with him, but she's like afraid because she doesn't know if she's going to find someone else or if like she's afraid to be alone, basically. Do you think they should move in together? I think it's a bad idea, but I 
I've I've told her, but like not straight up. Mm, yeah, I would like to get some other person's opinion on it. Thank you. Emily from Sweden. I love when you guys call in from freaking all around the world. It's so cool hearing you guys' accents and stuff. But Emily, okay, this, you know, obviously this is your friend, so you don't have much control over the situation, but I agree with you. This is not a good idea in my opinion, but I also do think that sometimes people kind of rush into these things or also sometimes finances can be involved and it's a lot easier if you are dating someone sometimes to just be like, you know what, like I'm struggling financially. I could cut my rent in half if we lived together. Like, let's just try it and like hope for the best. So I think that ends up happening a lot of the time and that could potentially be the situation. Now, I'm not judging anyone for moving in with someone however soon it is or whatever. Like, I think people should go for whatever whatever they want. I don't particularly think that this is a good idea because your friend said, you know, oh, like I was thinking about bringing up this guy, but I just don't want to, I just don't want to be alone. So now we're going to try moving in together and hope that it like, I don't know, hope that things go okay. So I kind of want to move this question away from like, talking bad about your friend or like, you know, like I don't agree with this. It's not about that. I just want to kind of like re, uh, what's the word? Reroute the question, I guess a little bit to the topic of guys, like, please do not think that moving in with someone is going to be a solution. Please don't think that it's going to make your relationship more better or serious or stronger because yes it could but I really don't think that just agreeing to move in together is the answer to trying to improve a relationship or problems that are in a relationship and sometimes maybe it can seem like that um and you know obviously do things that feel right to you I mean I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to do with your life with your relationship with I know that factor there's so many different factors like I said you know finances go into this like for example I know I keep bringing up New York for some reason but I know so many like couples or know of so many couples that obviously if you're dating in New York it just like and you're happy like it just makes sense to live together and not like live too separate apartments that you're you know spending so much more money on like financially it probably makes sense to live together so maybe that's definitely something that's worth trying if the relationship is healthy and strong but I just want to reiterate the fact of like trust me from not from my personal experience but from what I have heard moving in together rushing moving in together or thinking that it's a good idea and doing it really quickly it typically does not turn out good for the relationship you don't need to rush moving in with someone if it feels right go for it if you think it's the right timing go for it but there's no point in rushing it if you are happy with you know living alone or your little roommate situation for a little while longer keep it separate for a while because if you guys are going to be together you have your entire lives to live together if you're happy living separate and things are going good it doesn't you don't need to like worry about making things more stronger by moving in together unless that is something that you guys have genuinely been building towards and it's you know something that's very important to you I know everyone has their different beliefs about this so I'm definitely really really not trying to tell anyone what to do I just want to say like I have been saying that don't think that moving in together with your partner in a relationship that already has problems and already has you know things that aren't going well, don't think that that's going to fix anything. So in this situation, yeah, I think they're probably moving in together, hoping that it's going to make the relationship better or stronger or whatever it is. And I do not think it's a good idea. However, you know what? Sometimes you just got to let people make their own decision. I mean, you 
not sometimes, <laughs> you always just have to let people make their own decisions. And even if you don't agree with it or support it, sometimes it's just kind of like, you know what, that's what my friend's going to do. And I hope for the best, but I don't know wouldn't do it if it was me and that's okay to have those thoughts but I think you know support your friend at the end of the day people are not going to make decisions based off of what you tell them and what you think about their relationship or their life they are just going to do them so it's kind of hard to accept that as a friend sometimes but in this situation I think that's what I would do all right I got a question which was essentially along the lines of how did you know you and your previous partner weren't ready to move in together? So like I said, yeah, we ha- we never moved in together and it was definitely on the table, you know, especially because like I moved here. Um, and I think honestly, there was just like a lot that went into that. So it, eh, it didn't really make sense for our relationship for a few reasons, which I don't want to get too personal into my previous partner because um, I don't really want to speak for them. But I would say for me, just from my personal experience, it just didn't make sense um, because we were already spending so much time together, uh, like every single day that really moving in together wouldn't have made anything honestly that much different or that much better. I think honestly, I think it would have made the relationship worse because I think we would have been spending too much time together because we already were spending so much time together. So I think it really depends on the relationship here and it depends on what's important to you and how much time you do want to spend together. Um, There's obviously other factors that went into it, but I I think, like I said, I have some personal issues that I need to work through of the idea of living with someone again. And for some reason, I really am like, I just want to live alone. (laughs) Like, I think I've just gotten so used to it. Um, But, you know, like I said, hopefully that's something that in the future I will be able to figure out because I I know that I don't, well, I I was going to say I know that I don't want to live alone forever, but honestly, I think I could, to be completely honest, as long as I was social and had, you know, people in my life. But to be honest, I mean, I don't think I will live alone forever. Um, and I just knew to answer the question, I just knew that it wasn't the right timing. We were at different places in our life, different, like different finances and things like that. And also like, you know, I have a very particular taste and I have an expensive taste, like I've already mentioned in places and, you know, it's, it wasn't fair necessarily for me to like go out and pick this like expensive place that I want to live in and then just be like, you know what, you should pay half of that if you want to move in together. You know, you have to make compromises and sacrifices when you're going to move in with someone else. You have to include both people's um, preferences and uh, finances and all that kind of stuff. So it just didn't really make sense yet. It was kind of the goal for the future of the relationship, but it was, you know, not something that ever ended up happening. Okay, now I want to talk about something that is super relevant, which is moving back home or moving to, you know, your parents' house um, to save money, whether it's during college or after college. I definitely have experience doing this and I wanted to start it off with a voice message that we got relating to this. Hi, Lindsay. My name is Alexa. I'm 24 years old. Um, So this year was my first year out of college and I decided to live at home even though I have a full-time job. Um, I decided to live at home this year because I wanted to be able to save money and be able to live on my own comfortably. 
Um, however, sometimes I feel that people judge me for that decision because I'm 24 year years old and I have a full-time job, so I could be living on my own, but um, I decided not to this year. So I guess how would you deal with people judging you for living at home when you have a full-time job? Thank you so much, Alexa, for this question. And guys, let's just normalize the freaking concept of living at home, especially in your 20s, whether it's during college, after college. I mean, even older than that, like let's just normalize the concept of living at home comfortably to hopefully save money for the future. I mean, I know that I am so blessed and lucky that I was able to go and do that for a few months when I was like 22. So you guys know, um, I think you might know that, you know, when I moved out of LA, I went back home to my parents' house for about seven months, which I guess that's not that long, but you know, it was temporary for me. It was like, I want to go home, not pay rent for six, seven months. I really needed to get my finances in order. I was in a really bad place financially. I was in debt. Um, I honestly like could not afford to live the life that I was living anymore. And I think, you know, it was hard for me to accept that, but I'm so lucky that my parents were like, yes, you can obviously come like live at home and like live in your house, live in our house and not, you know, pay any rent for however long you need to. And I know a lot of people don't even like have that as a choice. So that was just, or it, or it just wouldn't be comfortable for them. You know, like maybe it would be a shitty situation to go home and, you know, do that. Um, for me, it, it was good. I mean, I was a little bit, you know, kind of, Hmm. not embarrassed, but I was a little bit like, you know, I'm not like proud, I guess that I have to go and do this, but I do like, I, this is what I need. I just, like I said, I just want to normalize this. It is just, please do not feel like, I know you said that people are judging you for this because you do have, you know, a full-time job and you're living at home, but I honestly think you're being so smart just financially. I mean, if you are able to like have your full-time job, get your full-time income, and then also save money on top of that and not have to pay rent. I mean, you are just setting yourself up for a future of having a lot more money and a lot more ability to do what you want when you are done living at home. And this is the thing guys, like it doesn't matter like what age you feel like you may be ready, or even if you're not ready at all to move out of home. It's just so different for everyone. You know, some people are a lot more independent and adventure chasing, and they really have the means to go out and do that. Or they maybe just really hustle to go and make it happen because it's really important to them. But a lot of people are more homebodies and they're more family oriented and they do want to be close to their families. Um, I mean, I think it really just depends on what is important to you. You don't even have to feel like, oh, I have to, you know, move to a different, totally different city or state to like be on my own and be independent. I mean, you could seriously move 10 or 15 or 20 minutes away from your parents' house and still be, still be completely on your own, but you still have that family oriented, close lifestyle where you can see them often. And I think that's beautiful. I have so many friends that have done that. Like so many friends from my hometown that, you know, live within 30 minutes or an hour of their parents. And I think that's great because they fully still, you know, have the experience of going and like living on their own. And, but then also it's like, you know, I'm not that far away from my family. And I think, like I said, it just depends on what is important to 
you. Okay, to get back to the question, Lindsay, you're going off on a fucking tangent. To get back to the question of like, how would you deal with people judging you for living at home even though you have a full-time job? I mean, to be honest, I don't even know why these people would judge you uh, or at least like make it apparent to you that they're judging of this. It just seems strange to me. It doesn't seem very kind. Um, I personally have always supported my friends that have lived, you know, at home and because obviously I know I've like had to do it as well. And I was working, you know, essentially a full-time job as well when I was living at home, but I just had different, you know, things that I was trying to put my money towards. I would just say, you know what, fuck it. Because you know, deep down that you are like saving money you're looking out for your future self, especially if you have a happy, great place to live, you know, free of rent or whatever it is while you're working. Literally, why not? You're making such a good financial decision in my opinion. So I just wouldn't even bother with these people's opinions because they don't sound very supportive. Okay, guys, now I got kind of a different type of question, and that is decorating a new space or making your place cute on a budget um, when you don't have that much money. And also some tips on compromising decor-wise with a roommate or partner. And let's play a voice message that has to go with this topic as well. Hey, Lindsay. My name is Gabby, and I've been loving listening to your podcast every week. I wanted to ask you today about how to start designing and decorating a new apartment or space. I'm moving to a different state soon, and I decided to start completely over with all of my furniture and everything because my old stuff just isn't really my style anymore, but I don't really know how or where to start. Um, like, should I shop for bigger pieces of furniture first? How can I narrow down the style that I want or which color scheme to go for? I feel like there's just so many possibilities and I just don't know where to start. So hopefully you can help me out a little bit. Give me some ideas. Thanks so much. Hope you have a great day. This is a great question. I feel like it's the most fun part when you actually do have the freedom to, you know, start designing and decorating a new space. It's very, very exciting. And there's a lot of things that go into that, you know, like being on a budget and costs and, you know, what you can afford to do. Um, to answer your question specifically, I would say where to start with, you know, your ideas for decorating a new space. Get on the internet, honestly, like get on Pinterest or maybe search some YouTube apartment tour videos, uh, room tour, house tour videos, and kind of get like a you know, overall vibe in mind, but at the same time, you don't have to limit yourself. You don't have to be like, you know what? I'm only going to do my place like bohemian, or I'm only going to do my place mid-century modern. Like, obviously if you want to settle on one particular style for everything, like go for it, but you can really have the freedom to just whatever you like, whatever sparks, you know, interest to you. And I feel like that's the really fun part of being able to design and create your space is just being able to create something so original and unique. So I would, yeah, I would just start with maybe looking at some like apartment tours and Pinterest boards and things like that. And I would start kind of like a document, almost, almost like a vision board type thing of rooms and styles that you like, that would be like a really good place to start. And then I would start like looking for individual pieces and starting with basics. So obviously you're going to want to start with like a bed frame, a dresser, maybe a couch, like those really important pieces that you kind of, you know, pretty much have to have. I would start there with like those big pieces, like a, a table, um, 
things like that. And then I would get, you know, I would settle on some pieces like that, maybe start researching, you know, based off of your price range and all that kind of stuff and keep putting that on your little board or your document or whatever. And then I'd start like looking into cute little decor pieces and little knickknacks and trinkets after that, once you kind of have more of the, you know, the big pieces kind of settled what you want them to look like. And then you can have fun with it, you know? But I would say guys, you know, definitely it takes a lot of time, especially when you're first, you're first moving out. It really takes a lot of time to start like getting things because, you know, you you don't just want to buy fucking everything all at once. I mean, who has the means to just buy every single thing you need, everything you love, all the furniture, all the decor, all the things you need all at once in addition to paying rent. I mean, it's like you got to start small. I mean, when I first moved into my first apartment, I bought everything at Ikea and I basically just had like basic Ikea stuff. And then I added, you know, some throw pillows and a little bit of stuff to my wall, but it was very, very simple. Um, and I actually rented furniture with my roommates, um, because we were only living at that apartment for about six months, I believe. So at that time in my life, especially if you're going to only be living somewhere for, you know, a short period of time, you definitely look into renting furniture. I remember we rented the couch, we rented an end table, probably a coffee table, and then like, um, a dining table and chairs. And, uh, that was totally, that totally made sense at that time in my life. Like we did not want to go out and buy all that stuff for living somewhere for six months and then you return it once your, um, you know, lease is up or once you're done with it. That's great. Definitely look into that. Um, if that sounds like something that makes sense and you don't have to like buy all that stuff outright. And then also let's talk about like making your place cute when you are on a budget. Okay. The top thing you guys seriously is look around at thrift stores and also don't feel like you have to get everything at once. Like, you know, want one month goes by, maybe you have a little bit of extra spending money. Maybe you can buy like a new cute little piece, but definitely like make sure you're checking thrift stores. Also Facebook marketplace. You can typically find things for a discount there. Obviously Craigslist. Sometimes people will literally be giving shit away for free on Craigslist. Okay. So like make sure if you're fully, fully like super on a budget, make sure you're literally looking at like the cheapest places. First of all, you never know what treasures you could find. Okay. So make sure you're starting there. And then after that, I mean, for basic pieces, like I said, you know, Ikea is great for inexpensive basic pieces that'll last, you know, a few years. They might not last forever and ever, but I still have like some dressers from Ikea, probably something else too. That's lasted me honestly years. Um, so definitely places like that, that are just a little bit more affordable. You don't have to go crazy and buy all this expensive stuff that you don't know how long you're going to have it. I mean, definitely start off small. Like I said, you know, make sure you're looking at discounted. There's so many like discounted and thrift furniture stores and everything like that. So you can do it. And basically just keep in mind, like you don't have to get everything all at once and it will take, you know, a little while to get everything together and that's okay. Just allow yourself to slowly gather things and it doesn't have to be all perfect or all done, you know, in a certain period of time, eventually you will get there. So just allow the patience (laughs) um, to get there. So you're not, you know, like going into debt over your new cute house or apartment. Okay. Cause that's not going to be worth it. So just do it slowly and um, have fun with it. 
As far as like compromising decor wise with a roommate or partner, I got questions about that. You know, I think it's all about making the other person feel like their wants and their styles are still included. I definitely struggle with this because I am such a control freak, like especially with decor, like I want to do all that shit myself. Okay. So maybe you're lucky and you have a partner or roommate that's like, go for it. Do your vision, do what you want. I don't really care. I know a lot of guys are typically more chill about stuff like that, but you know, maybe you're butting heads with someone also that also wants to be in control of all the design and you don't, you know, agree with it all. So I think it's about making sure you're both have your needs and feel like you're both, both of your styles are being in there and you kind of got to settle a little bit. So maybe, you know, you can have a little, you can have a little corner that you set up and you're like, okay, if I do like this little area of the living room, maybe you could do this little area of the kitchen or the entryway or something like that. So just, you're going to have to kind of compromise here. And I know that as someone that wants to be in control of that stuff, that that's really hard, but I feel like sometimes accepting, you know, if you are living with roommates, there are going to be things that they are going to have or do that you just might, you know, not like, but I mean, what are you going to do? It'd be like your decor is fucking ugly as shit. I hate it. Take it down. Like that's probably not going to be worth it. So, you know, just kind of compromising. And obviously like if you have your own room, you can fully have totally total control of whatever that is. So, you know, create your little sanctuary, whether it's in your room or even a little corner of the living room or the common area or having an area for plants and stuff like that. You know, if that's something that you like, just make sure both people's styles are accounted for. I did get a question that was like, can you discuss living alone and tips for living alone? And you seem like you're really happy and thriving and living alone. I do feel like I've addressed it a little bit already in this episode. Um, so maybe I could talk about this more in a future episode. If you guys really want me to go like dive into living alone, I guess I can do that in a future episode. But overall, I would just leave it at like, I've been very, very independent pretty much my whole life and I've always thrived having alone time. So it makes sense for me um, to live alone. And uh, I personally just really like spending time with myself. I really literally never get bored, Um, but I know that so many people do not thrive like that. So many people would be very, very lonely. And also I know that a lot of people are kind of scared to live alone, which I definitely, I get that, but I've personally never felt that way. I've always felt very safe where I am. And, um, like I said, I just thrive being like independent and living alone. And I do feel like I can, I still, you know, am social and, uh, but I know that that's not for everyone. I know a lot of people just feel better having a roommate or living with a friend or living with their partner. And that just makes them more happy. And maybe I will feel, you know, that way at some point in my life. But, uh, I definitely, you know, I'm one of those people that can thrive being in a house all all by myself. And it might seem weird to some people if I can do that for myself and I thrive that way. It's like, girl, why not? I was really quickly just kind of like finish it off with a couple of more Instagram questions that I got, which were, how do you grow the confidence to move away from your hometown or loved ones? So yeah, this one, as well as kind of like being homesick, I got, and I don't even know if it's about growing the confidence. I think it's just 
if that is something that you want or if it's not. I never feel like you should have to move away from your hometown or loved ones if that seriously like does not appeal to you. Like I was kind of already saying, you know, feel free to just live, you know, 10, 15 minutes away from your family. If you want to see your family every day or every week or whatever, like you don't have to feel like, oh, just to be grown up and independent, I have to move into another state and move to another, you know, whole area of the country. I mean, some people just want to try that or some people are following a job or maybe a relationship or whatever it is. And it makes sense to go move somewhere totally new, but don't ever feel like, you know, oh, I have to like get to this place where I'm like independent and all grown up and I want to move away from my hometown and loved ones. Like if that genuinely is not for you, that is seriously more than okay. (laughs) All right. Um, But if you do actually like want to move towards doing that and you're just feeling a little bit held back in that, um, how do you grow the confidence to do that? It just feels right. (laughs) I don't even know if it's like growing the confidence. It's just kind of like, it feels like it would be worth it to you. It feels like that new adventure is something that you're chasing. And, um, also accepting that nothing has to be permanent. It's, it's not saying like, oh, if I move to another state, like I'm never going to see my family that often again. Like you could just go and try it out, see how it feels. And you know, if, a few years go by, you don't like that. You want to come back closer to your hometown. That is hopefully going to be an option. Um, I know there's a lot of factors that go into that too, but, um, I just feel like, you know, if that's something that's, that's important to you. And if it's not, that's totally okay as well. Another question I got was how to know where to move if you've never traveled anywhere. Um, Yeah. Okay. This is kind of a hard one. And it goes back to the point I was making at the beginning of there's really like no ideal, perfect place to move. That's going to like solve your problems and make you super fucking happy. I mean, obviously you can move somewhere and be really happy. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying there's no like ideal, perfect place to move. That's like the end all be all. I mean, you know, For some people, maybe there is, (laughs) but, um, how to know where to move if you've never traveled anymore. I mean, to be honest, you kind of have to start traveling if you do want to like explore different cities and different places. I mean, you have to decide if that's something that's feasible and important for you. If you haven't been able to travel, maybe, maybe you shouldn't move super far away because you might just feel really far and, um, confused. So I think, you know, you don't have to go somewhere just to be like, I'm moving out. I'm successful. I'm independent. But if I would say, you know, how to know where to move, I would say you kind of have to start traveling if it is important to you to like find somewhere new and just go on a road trip or something. Um, and just explore, you know, different cities and don't rush it. You know what I mean? The right, the right thing and the right opportunity I think will come up when it is meant to be. Um, another person said dealing with shitty neighbors or landlords. Oh, okay. This is one that you just kind of have to like, accept that there are things that are going to be out of your control. If you, you know, are moving to like a big apartment building, you might have noisy or annoying or weird or creepy neighbors that live by, um, you might have a landlord that is, not doing their job that great. Uh, so these are things to keep in mind and just, I'd say overall, yeah, like it sucks, but accepting that these things sometimes are out of our control, but at the same time, you know, you can, you have rights, you have a lease that you have signed. Um, 
if it's an issue with like another apartment and a building, you could definitely, you know, be really serious and reach out to building management or, you know, whoever is in charge. Um, and just, you know, know that you do have rights when you live somewhere and try not to, you know, take things too lightly. Um, if issues do come up, I mean, yeah, I've heard of so many wild things happening with crazy neighbors and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so it kind of really does depend on the situation. I can't just necessarily give general advice, but it's, yeah, it's a whole topic in itself. Okay. The very last question or topic I'm going to leave it off on just cause you know, we have been going on for a while as I do. I don't know if anyone's out there even still listening. Um, hello. If you are last thing we'll leave it off on is being homesick or missing your family and parents, like after a move or after moving away. And you know what? That's so relatable. Yeah, this is one that a lot of people don't talk about that much. Or I don't know, I feel like just a lot of people struggle with this, whether it's like moving away to college and just being like, what the fuck? Like that adjustment period, it can be very, very difficult. Or even just moving, yeah, moving to a new city, even if it's not like that far away. Um, Just kind of like a different, it's just a different change in scenery and everything, everything switches. You know what I mean? It's like a completely different life when you move somewhere new. So I would say, you know, just make the effort and try to try to make that effort to see each other as much as you can. You know, obviously it depends on where you live. If you're going to be a whole flight away, I know that it's a lot harder to make the time and add that expense and everything, but definitely like try to always have a time where you know you're going to see each other next, something to look forward to. I think that that's really helpful. If you are able to live, you know, within driving distance of your family or your parents, I would say really try to make the effort, you know, whether it's meeting somewhere halfway or they come to see you every few months or you go to see them every few months. Like if that's something that's important to you, just trying to like really make that stuff happen. Also just, you know, getting on FaceTime. If you're like missing your mom, maybe when you're cooking dinner or something, you can FaceTime your mom. And I mean, that stuff is so helpful. I really do think it is just being able to get on FaceTime and making the effort to talk to them on the phone and all that kind of stuff. And even, yeah, like I said, you really got to make that effort to travel and see each other and don't let go of that importance of family to you. If that is something that you're experiencing, you know, missing your fam or your friends, um, you just gotta, you gotta go out of your way and make that effort. I mean, that's really the only thing that you can do long distance with anyone, with a relationship, with a friend, with your family. It, It is hard. It's hard sometimes when you're really missing that. All right, you guys, we talked for a while and my voice is sore again. (laughs) The solo episodes really test my, my breath and my voice and my stamina. So I'm going to go have some dinner. I might take myself to Target. I've been feeling like I want to go peep around her. (laughs) And um, I hope that this was helpful. I hope that we touched on a lot of different things. Obviously, there's so many things like we could touch on as far as just moving goes. So if you guys really had any big questions that I didn't answer, I can hopefully address them in another future episode. So feel free if I didn't address something that you really wanted me to in this episode, feel free to DM me on the unfiltered Instagram. Let me know and we can talk about that over DM or in a future episode. 
but I do hope that this was helpful. I really do. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. It makes me so happy to have this platform to be able to interact with you guys, hear your voice messages, hear your questions. Like it really just freaking makes me happy. If you listened until the end, which I know it was a really long one, but if you did, I would appreciate it so much. If you enjoyed this episode, if you left a review for the podcast on the Apple podcast app and you could be the reviewer of the week next week. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're holding up and there will be another episode next Monday. So until then, bye you guys.